So I didn't mute the dogs on this stuff. Hey guys, this week I'm speaking to Jeremy Mail. Usually at this point I would introduce my guest and I'm not sure I always do the best job of it. So this week I'm going to let Jeremy introduce himself. Thanks, Holly. Yeah, Jeremy Mail. I'm chairman and CEO of a company called Outfront Media, which is one of the uh, largest uh, US out-of-home players based in New York. Uh, We're listed on the uh, New York Stock Exchange and I came over here in 2013 to separate out a business that was the out-of-home business that was within CBS. It was formerly called CBS Outdoor. We split it off, spun it out, and, um, you know, I've been now running um, that uh, newly public company for what is now, wow, six or seven years. Awesome. So what might a typical day in the life look like for you? Wow. Thinking about a typical uh, day when here I am still in my uh, bedroom uh, feels a Away, but let's uh, let's say let's go uh, pre-COVID. And a typical day, I'd either be um, on Metro North, which is the commuter rail line into the city, our office in the Chrysler Building, uh, or about half the time. Actually, I'll be traveling. We have forty offices across the U.S., uh, all of the major cities that you could imagine. So, uh, L.A., Chicago, Houston, Dallas, Miami, Atlanta, and then you know a bunch of other um, smaller markets. We're very big in the top twenty-five DMAs. And, you know, within that, I guess it would be, you know, typical duties of uh, a CEO, um, client and agency meetings. I'd be spending time with our executive leadership team. I also have spent quite a bit of time with analysts and uh, investors as a you know, listed company that takes up a reasonable proportion um, of my time. We, are, we have an external um, you know, board for the public company. So um, managing the relationship with the uh, independent uh, directors would uh, also be, you know, a typical uh, piece of my um, daily routine. And then at the end of the day, uh, also typically there would be um, some client cocktails or client dinner. I've always been, you know, a great one for relationships. And that's one thing that you can do an awful lot of things on Zoom, but uh, you can't do that right now. So I guess if that was uh, typical, I, along with um, the rest of the world, have been uh, Zoomed and teamed out over the, uh, over the last few weeks. I guess it's uh, similar, you know, similar concepts, similar uh, meetings. And what's been interesting, actually, is just how efficient you can be you know, in, this, uh, in this new environment. But also we need to maintain, uh, obviously, that sort of uh, personal uh, camaraderie, personal spirit, and personal and client interaction uh, as we go forward. Also, so it'll be interesting to uh, to see how the you know the new normal develops over the uh, coming weeks as we get out of our bedrooms. Yeah, I mean, I've learned a lot from working from home for sure, but there's definitely that intangible value of human interaction that I'm missing. No, absolutely, and. You know, I talk to you know a bunch of our um, you know when I talk to our sales guys, you know they don't want to be working, you know they want to be with the rest of the group, you know they want to be thing, they want to be doing the stuff you normally do, which is having a laugh, you know the water cooler chat, the beer after work, or you know whatever it has. I mean, there's more to offices than just working. Absolutely. Um, okay, so moving from the UK to the US, what have been some of the differences you've noticed from 
a market and industry perspective? So, so yeah, it's interesting to uh, move from uh, the UK to the US. There's a number of differences with regards to the structure of the out-of-home industry in, in general. So I guess the biggest difference here is that relatively we have much more local business. So in the market, about 70% of our business is actually generated locally, only 30% nationally. And if you think to the UK, um, it's kind of uh, 90, 10, something like that. Also in the, in the UK, um, out of home is an eight or 9% medium, whereas here it's a four or 5% medium. So if you think about that and then think about national advertisers, what it means is that out of home is about four times more likely to be on the plan or in discussion or part of people's headspace than it is here. So it's always a challenge here to keep out of home, if you like, front of mind within the uh, planning and buying agencies, the strategic agencies um, and with clients. Okay, interesting. So on a format level, are there any major differences between markets in that respect? The US is primarily a billboard market. The vast majority of revenue are driven in billboard. And that's for you know a couple of reasons. In Europe, you have much more pedestrian-facing uh, media, so much more street furniture, for example. Uh, and you know the way I sort of capture that is just the, the, the example I sort of give is if you think Atlanta versus Amsterdam. You know, I mean, they're two completely, you know, two very important cities, but uh, completely different in terms of um, the pedestrianisation. Um, so we have far less street furniture um, as a segment than Europe. And we also have far less transport media here just because the trans, transport in general, transport systems are not as highly developed as they, as they are in Europe. So I guess that's the, that's the sort of market you know, structure um, that, that is different. So, for example, you know, we have 350 local salespeople um, here in the U.S. And when I was uh, running Jostico in the, the UK and, and, and Europe and Australia, um, for example, in the UK, I think we had kind of a dozen, something like that, sort of based uh, based out of regions. Yeah, interesting difference. I imagine some of the regions in the US are more comparable to the size of the UK itself. So building on that, what are some of the differences you've noticed from a cultural perspective rather than a market perspective? Actually, it's interesting because there are, for all the differences, there are a number of you know similarities. I guess the first point is that you know the the, the, the national business that we do trade is with effectively um, you know the same agencies and the you know the same specialists that you know I've, I've sort of known for years. So that feels very comfortable um, uh, and uh, familiar. Another similarity would be there's a you know the, the the saying in the UK is that once in out of home, always in out of home. That's also uh, also very true uh, here in the US. The longevity is is, in, is incredible, and um, I think for the most part that is a real strength of the medium. Uh, that being said, you know you have to make sure that you're also getting in that new, fresh injection of people and knowledge and skills. You know that we need to keep to keep the the medium moving on. So that's been. Um, uh, interesting to see those similarities. 
just generally coming to the US, it's been a fascinating, fascinating time to, you know, be here. Obviously, with the you know 2016 election, um, it's been uh, you know politically an, an interesting time, and then you know, luckily, obviously, with COVID and and as importantly, you know, the social crisis on top of a crisis, uh, it's um, you know the old expression: we we live in interesting times. Well, boy, we certainly do. I'm not certain that we quite as interesting as this frankly but uh anyway we are where we are and um it's been a it's been a a, a real learning curve actually yeah i imagine a very busy and interesting six or seven years so a lot has changed with outfront in the time where you have been running the show so what are you looking forward to achieving in the next couple of years so i guess as we as we look forward to the next couple of years the the first will be you know, getting our business reset after the sort of impacts of um, COVID. You know, we're we're heavily focused in transport here. So we have, you know, the subway systems in Boston and New York and Washington and Atlanta and Miami, you know, those sort of um, major centers. So I think, you know, getting transport uh, advertising, you know, back on the media map over the next uh, next few months is going to be very important because, you know, it was obviously significantly impacted by the um, social distancing um, rules, etc. So I guess once we've achieved, uh, if you like, some normalcy in terms of um, revenue levels, as I see it, the next couple of years is just all about digital first. And that, that's going to manifest itself in two ways. The first is that we're going to continue to be building out our digital infrastructure uh, in the field. So that's digital billboards, where we'll go back to putting in, you know, hopefully you know, a couple of hundred plus a year, but also a complete digitization of those transit systems. So we have been, we've digitized our system in Boston. We're kind of a 20% done here in New York. So, you know, a lot more work to do there. And in total, you know, between platforms and trains, there's going to be around 40,000 digital screens. So, you know, that's a, that's a really big piece of work. And if we look back to last year, you know, our digital revenues grew by, uh, I think, 22%, something, something like that. So that will continue to be a big piece for us over the next couple of years. But I think on top of that, actually, it's also about becoming digital by nature in terms of how we manage and run the business. And I mean that from the point of how we trade the business, the insight that we you know, associate with that, the tech piece in terms of whether or not it's automation or programmatic, depending on um, what terminology you want to use. And then, as I say, just this sort of more general digital overlay to our business, whereby everyone is as comfortable uh, working virtually, you know what I mean, on Teams as they were um, in the real world before. So I think it's going to be about digital externally, say, and then this digital overlay internally, really, you know, getting out front, out front in that area uh, is going to be, uh, I think, a, you know, a key priority and a big task for our business. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a big task, but I'm sure it will be an interesting one. So back to your career, um, can you tell me about a highlight from your career? Yeah, so as I, as I think back, you know, over uh, my career and, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have, you know, had a, 
a very you know, satisfying um, career in which I've learned a huge amount and um, met some incredible, uh, incredible people. But I think probably picking up the challenge of leaving, leaving the UK and, and coming over to, to New York to be CEO of CBS Outdoor, which was a little bit of a, a stepchild within the CBS group of companies and therefore, you know, somewhat forgotten, somewhat underinvested. And I'd say just was an in environment that just felt right for change. So I, I guess leading the separation of, of that company out of CBS and then six um, billion equity value company was um, for me very stimulating. And once again, you know, a, a great learning process. But also then, you know, we had this brand CBS, which is an incredibly well-known brand, and we, we had to lose that. You know, the deal was you can't lose that brand. So we had to then create a brand. And we sort of went through this process and um, with a, a brand agency. And we eventually came up with Outfront, and we sort of decided on it one night. And the next morning I was thinking, Outfront, why? What does that mean? And the brand agency was saying, well, look, don't worry about that because actually – the, the word out front is just an empty vessel until you start filling it with life and, and, and culture. That's fascinating. And what would you say out front stands for now? I have to say that I'm very, very pleased now with what out front means in the market, you know, because it, it, it meant nothing. And now I think it stands for thought leadership. Um, it's a, you know, I think it's a respected brand. I think people, both in, in employees and um, and uh, you know our uh, external partners, I think you know in, enjoy the the culture um, within our business, and particularly more recently, I think you know we've done some great work in terms of uh, in terms of D and I. Um, you know, thinking about the next two years, it's very clear that we haven't done enough. In thinking about the next two years, that will undoubtedly be something that. Uh, you know, we'll be putting, you know, more, more time and thought into. But I, I would say it's the creation of this, this new business, this new brand, um, really from, you know, before what we had was we had some great people, we had some great assets. But I think bringing that together, you know, as out front, I would have to say would be, you know, right up there in terms of what I felt was part of my career success. Love that. Okay, so final question. What piece of advice would you give to your younger self when you were starting out? What piece of advice would I have given myself? Actually, I was very lucky because my first job, I went to um, that hallowed establishment, Portsmouth Polytechnic. Um, it's subsequently become a university, so at least now I can say I'm a uni grad rather than just a poly boy. Anyway, so I came out of, um, I came out of Portsmouth Polytechnic my first job was working for a very small engineers merchants in Leighton Buzzard. Now that doesn't sound um, particularly exciting, I'm sure. But my boss there was an incredible entrepreneur. And the first thing he said to me, he said, Jeremy, he said, the way you'll get on, okay, is bite off more than you can chew and then chew like, and, you know, I'll, I'll leave the, um, the expletive for you to uh, insert. And you know what? I think that's right. 
I think treat others as, as you would wish to be treated yourselves right the way through. Doesn't matter who you're talking to in, uh, in the company, in, you know, internally or indeed externally. Um, treat others how, how you would wish to be treated. Um, I think be really confident, be cocky on the inside, but be very humble uh, on the outside. Um, I think you know, people enjoy humility. Um, you know, the old expression about people buying people first, you know, certainly in sales, that's always true. You know? So um, I think, as I say, I think humility um, is part of that. And maybe the, you know, the final you know, couple of words on that, I'd say, look, um, it's great to be smart, but just don't be a smart ass. Wise words to finish on. So thanks very much, Jeremy. And thanks anyone for listening. Listen next week and I'll be speaking to Paul Chatwin, who's investment director at Magna. <laughs>